This is Autolang Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Tesla reported its third quarter earnings yesterday, and the numbers look really good, with one caveat. Tesla sold almost 140,000 cars, up 44% compared to a year ago. It brought in $8.7 billion in revenue, up almost 40%. It posted an operating profit of $2 billion, up a whopping 200%. And it put $369 million on the bottom line, up 146%. Investors love these numbers, and the stock was up more than 20% in after-hours trading. Critics will point out that the only reason why Tesla made a profit is that it earned $397 million from selling ZEV credits to other automakers. And sure enough, if not for those credits, Tesla would have lost money. And that means it can still not turn a profit on its basic car-making operations. But here's our Autoline insight. Selling ZEV credits was always part of Tesla's business plan, so we're not going to criticize it for selling so many of them. And by the way, most of that money probably came from Fiat Chrysler. The critics have a legitimate point, but here's a number we can't overlook. Tesla dramatically increased its pile of cash, which grew more than 170% to over $14 billion. That dramatically boosted Tesla's balance sheet and provides it with a hell of a war chest to invest in new products and services. And in other Tesla news, we got more info about its full self-driving beta update. The system is combined with Navigate on Autopilot, which enables it to drive on main roads and highways. But Tesla warns drivers they must keep their hands on the wheel at all times, and it can be dangerous if they're not constantly paying attention. Some other features the update enables includes making lane changes off-highway, selecting forks to follow your navigation route, maneuvering around other vehicles and objects, and making left and right turns. And as we said yesterday, the beta version is currently only available to a select number of owners. But if you want to see it in action, some of them have already posted videos on social media. But it's about to cost owners even more to get that feature. Elon Musk tweeted that starting on Monday, full self-driving will go up by an extra $2,000, and that applies to both new vehicles and upgrades. With that increase, the system now costs 10 grand. And speaking of self-driving vehicles, GM's autonomous unit Cruise is seeking regulatory approval from the U.S. government to operate vehicles on public roads without a steering wheel or pedals. The company wants to deploy a limited number of its origin shuttles, which it revealed earlier this year, in the next couple of months. At the same time, Cruise is withdrawing a petition it filed with NHTSA in 2018 to operate autonomous Chevy Bolts without certain safety features. Last week, California granted Cruise permission to operate vehicles without a safety rider on board in San Francisco. The company plans to begin building the Origin at the end of next year or in early 2022. A quick correction from yesterday's show. We said there are 111 million registered vehicles in the U.S. That, of course, is way off. There are over 280 million cars, trucks, and buses registered in the U.S. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data.
the world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. Even though it's been around for decades, off-roading is becoming more popular around the world. So why the surge? Well, recently on AutoLine This Week, Bob Pyle, the president of light vehicle system at the supplier Dana, which provides components for off-road beasts like the Wrangler and Bronco, shared his insight. Yeah, I just think um, the younger generation are more focused on experiences than necessarily acquiring uh, material goods. And off-roading and outdoor lifestyle is becoming increasingly popular around the world. I even think candidly what we've been going through with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic is causing people to allocate their dollars differently and spending time outdoors, off-roading, camping, and uh, doing those kind of things uh, is, is seeing a surge. I, also, I think we can look to the biggest auto market in the world, China, and see that off-roading and that kind of lifestyle is really taking off there as well. And you know, with the numbers of consumers in China, that really gets going, uh, it's going to be a very, very big phenomenon. And the all-new Hummer EV will be part of that phenomenon, and it ought to be with 11,500 pound-feet of torque. But let's pump the brake on that figure a little bit. As a few commenters pointed out yesterday, that is the at-wheel torque number when multiplied through the front and rear drive unit gear ratios, not the drive units themselves. The Edition 1 version of the Hummer EV, which is already sold out, will feature three of those drive units. One is mounted up front and sends power through a locking differential with a fixed ratio of 13.3 to 1. There are two motors in the rear that are integrated into one unit, and they can be spun independently of each other or sync up to simulate a locking differential. The final drive ratio at the rear is a fixed 10.5 to 1. Now let's move on to the battery. While GM has not revealed how many kilowatt hours it will be, it did say that there will be two layers of vertically stacked pouch cells per battery module, and that 24 modules will make up the entire pack. The cell chemistry is made up of nickel, cobalt, manganese, and aluminum. And charging up of the battery is an interesting process. The pack is able to switch from its native 400 volts to 800 volts during charging. And GM says that, quote, a disconnect unit and a mechanization within the pack enables the battery to switch from a parallel to series setup. And it sounds like instead of trying to charge the whole pack at the same time, it can break it up into two sections. As we know, charging slows down when the battery reaches a higher state of charge. By breaking the pack into sections, when the charge rate slows down in one half, it can switch to the other, and that speeds up the entire process. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by BorgWarner, propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. Sure looks like GM could still go through with its deal with Nikola. Yesterday, GM President Mark Royce said they're still going forward with the deal, though nothing final was announced. GM is going to get 11% of Nikola's stock, which was up 8% on Mark Royce's comments. But that stock price is about half of what it was when company chairman Trevor Milton was accused of misleading investors. 
but if and when GM announces a final deal, we would expect the price to go up higher. All-wheel steering offers a number of benefits, like a better turning radius and improved stability at higher speed. Now the supplier ZF is improving its rear axle steering system. The previous system was able to turn the wheels up to 4.5 degrees, but this new unit takes that to 10 degrees, which is a massive increase. With the market for EVs and AVs growing, ZF also added a steer-by-wire function and increased the actuating force so it could be used on heavier vehicles. ZF says the system will be used on an upcoming luxury model this December, and we can pretty much guarantee you it's the new Mercedes S-Class. In that vehicle, the system reduces its turning radius by 2 meters compared to the previous model. Jaguar Land Rover is turning to the aerospace industry to test and develop new metals and composites. It's taking part in a two-year project that will use technology developed for aerospace to better understand how materials respond to different weather and terrains. The test will occur in North America over 400,000 kilometers or nearly 250,000 miles. Samples of new metals and composites will be built into aerospace sensors, which will monitor the performance of the materials during the test. That data will then be used to develop more durable, lightweight materials for future models. And Ford continues its push into electrification in Europe. The automaker announced it will no longer offer a gasoline-only version of the Mondeo. It's now only going to make full hybrid powertrains for that model. And don't forget to tune into AutoLine After Hours this afternoon. Our guest is industry expert and consultant Paul Eichenberg. Also joining us is Daron Levine from Seeking Alpha. So join John and Gary at 3 p.m. Eastern Time today for some of the best insider discussions in the industry. But that's it for today's show. Thank you for watching.